afternoon. It's a very strange Sunday, really. Um, not meeting in church, not for me, not presiding at a Eucharist um, uh, in, in church. It's, it's strange. And I think that the reality of the situation that we're in is beginning to penetrate, I think. Uh, it's easy to know it in one's head, but to feel it in one's heart is another matter. And so I think as these days go by, it becomes more and more real as we can't go about our ordinary business. We can't go and see our loved ones or our friends. We can't go to the shop. We can't go to restaurants, pubs or the cinema and all the things that we'd normally do. Of course, there are still people doing some of those things and they really need to stay at home because, of course, the message coming quite clearly from the government who get their advice from the scientific advisors is that if we don't stay at home, we will end up in a situation like Italy. And maybe we will be anyway if we don't, but we've still got to try and curb the worst effects of this virus by staying at home. And it's hard. It's hard because for those of us that aren't used to being indoors all the time, we don't know what to do with ourselves. I must admit, I'm finding it quite difficult at the moment. I've got lots of things. I've got shelves full of books, theological books that I could be reading and studying um, to increase my spiritual life. There are art materials and all sorts of other things that I could be doing. And at the moment, all I can do is be, be still in God's presence and rest. Because I don't know about you, I am feeling quite drained by this whole thing. Professionally, uh, as, a, as a priest, having to come up with ways of working that will meet the spiritual needs of the parishioners of both these parishes that I am in charge of. So that, of course, is things like this podcast, stuff on Facebook, but also for those who are older, who may not be on social media or even the internet, having to come up with hard copies of things that can be posted through their doors as well. And also trying to get, organize people into groups uh, to help minister to each other at this time. And yet now, I'm also finding that there's a lot of time in which I don't know what to fill or I don't know how to fill it. And part of me feels guilty that I'm not doing more, but being on the vulnerable list, I'm not supposed to be out and about, so I can't be doing that. Yes, phone calls go so far, but we're all having to adjust to living in a very different world for the moment. But I think there are some positives that come out of that. The Gospel reading set for today, Lent 4, I know it is Mothering Sunday, um, and just a word there to say I know how difficult it is for so many people not to be able to be with their child or with their mother uh, and they ordinarily would have been. I had plans myself for um, a week or so's time to uh, go out with my mum but that's obviously not going to happen now and that is difficult and particularly for those who find themselves with an elderly parent who is ill. Um, my grandmother's currently in hospital in Brighton and that's obviously very difficult for, for my mother. And I'm sure many of you are in very similar situations. 
Of course, there are those who whose mothers have already died and they're grieving them and miss them and mourn them. And it may be decades since they died, but of course, that hole still remains in their lives. So that's there, that pain, that grief, that separation is there. But let's just put that to one side and look at the readings for Lent 4. Particularly John chapter 9, 1 to 41. That's uh, the ninth chapter of John's Gospel, beginning at verse 1, going on to 41. Now, it's quite a lengthy reading, um, so I'm not going to read it now. Uh, so if you want to, I would suggest pausing me, not just shutting me off completely, just pausing me for a moment, getting your Bible or finding one online, if that's how you prefer to work, and just reading through John 9, 1 to 41. Good. Now, I hope you've uh, you've read through that. The point that comes out to me from this is this being blind and seeing again. And of course, Jesus in that passage does restore the sight of a physically blind person, a person that cannot see physically. But it goes much deeper than that. For us, it's about spiritual blindness, about blindness to things in our world, maybe, that we ought not to be looking past. And this time of enforced self-isolation and social distancing is giving us all a lot of time to take a long, hard look at those things in the world to which we have been blind, the issues in our society. I mean, it's interesting how already the people that were only a few weeks ago by the government being deemed low-skilled workers in terms of immigration, are suddenly the people who are very clearly those who have key skills, those working in care, care homes and nursing homes, nurses, people doing deliveries in for supermarkets, stacking supermarket shelves, all those people on the front line of the things that are essential in our life, we suddenly find that actually it isn't the investment bankers and the like who are essential at this moment in time. They are, of course, important for the recovery of our economy. But when it comes to it, the people that care for us and for our daily needs are the ones who are vital. And we appreciate everything that they're doing at this time and pray that they are protected and that they are given all they need to do their work. I think also the way that we may look at church has just rapidly changed in an instant. This morning I watched the uh, Eucharist live from Chichester Cathedral and the Dean said that the situation we're in, no public worship in churches in England, is unprecedented in probably at least 800 years. 800 years of Sunday by Sunday by Sunday, by Sunday, people gathering in public, in churches, to worship in peace and safety. And suddenly, it's all a lot stopped. And so we're meeting online, we're using resources, but we aren't physically meeting as church. And that has profound implications theologically. And I think Jesus is, through this experience, opening our eyes making us look afresh at everything in life, whether it be the role that we 
or these the the value on the roles in society that were once deemed low skilled of little importance we're suddenly as i said finding them such valuable and key people in our society but it's also opening our eyes to what the church is so often we say how the church is not the building but of course for so many in society the church is the building oh look at that pretty church we might say as we walk by the church is the people the ecclesia the gathering of god's faithful people where one or two are gathered together there i am in that my, in that midst jesus says but what if you aren't able to gather with anybody else well, i think at times like this it's important to remember that actually the church is not just those of us physically together here on earth that's described as the church militant those here on earth but of course all of our brothers and sisters through the ages who have died have joined the heavenly host and so when we pray on our own we are joined by the heavenly host with our brothers and sisters down the ages all praising god we're not alone jesus is with us the holy spirit is nearer than even our very breath it's hard to remember that at these times because we are anxious people human beings are anxious our modern society has made us anxious 24 7 news makes us anxious i think in the events that we find ourselves in jesus is applying the very mud to our eyes and saying look look at what's important in life look at the things that you are currently deprived of and you miss it's your family it's your friends it's meeting each other These are the very things that we need to hold on to so that when we do come out of the other side of this, no doubt mourning many that we may have lost, we will at least be able to say, yes, we know what the important things in life are. That we are holding at our very hearts the love of God and love of our neighbour. We have seen some awful scenes over the last week or so. If you're on online, you'll have seen, you know, people fighting over loo rolls in supermarkets and shelves stripped. I mean, if you've been out to a supermarket, I'm sure you've seen that so many of the shelves that we would normally expect to be fully stocked are not. There's that harrowing video of that nurse in Yorkshire who breaks down in the car because she's gone after a 14-hour shift to get some essential produce and food so that she can go home and have a meal and there's nothing in the supermarket. Yes, we have seen those things, but we've also seen an outpouring of community spirit and also faith, faith of people on the margins who normally don't enter into church. And I think that's a, an exciting thing, really, that we're able to reach out through this kind of technology to people that don't necessarily come to be in our midst and so i think that when we do get through this life is never going to be quite the same i hope that our teachers nurses carers cleaners 
everybody who makes the society run as it needs to and have so long been undervalued are rewarded rewarded financially rewarded with our respect <coughs> excuse me and i hope that in our church life we come to realize the incredible privilege that we have in this country a privilege to come and worship together ordinarily and in 800 years we haven't stopped worshiping but this is a time for us to open our eyes and look at what our brothers and sisters in places of persecution experience what our brothers and sisters who are isolated because of illness or disability and who can't make it to church what they experience as part of that everyday life and so it's great that this kind of technology, when it's used properly, can reach out. Now, obviously, it's going to be difficult to sustain this level of online media if we do, well, if and when we do start meeting again in person. But I hope that we learn lessons about who is church for. It's not a social club. It's not about the people that just turn up on a Sunday. It's about the people who live in the community. It's about those who are faithful but can't get to church. Those who are on our margins. We have to be there for all people in our parishes. And that includes those who never normally darken the church. Those who never step over the threshold. Those people are the ones who we ought to be reaching out to week by week. And the problem is, it's so hard normally to engage. It's hard because we have our responsibilities to those parishioners who do come to the church. The admin that we found ourselves buried under. These things have been shown as less important. What's great at the moment is that members of the congregation in our churches are beginning to look out for other, even look out for each other even more than they ordinarily would. More phone calls, more offers of help and assistance, more encouragement in faith. And these are the things, the lessons that we need to learn going forward so that when we do get through this, our churches may be vibrant and outward looking. Places in which people come to worship on a Sunday, but then go out and take that faith into the world with them in a very real and positive way. These are just a few thoughts that have sprung up from that gospel reading on that sense of being spiritually blind, being blind to those things in the world which we ought to see. And I think blindness in those terms can sometimes be something that we put in place ourselves. We don't want to look at the bad things in the world, so we focus on narrow sections of society and uh, experiences and interests that we can cope with. This is showing us that we are more united than we ever possibly thought we were. This event is showing that the globe, though we are separated by 
constructs of nationality and all those other political things, actually we are fundamentally human beings, each and every one of us, no matter where we live on the globe. All of us are affected by this virus that is common to humanity. And actually that's quite a gift. It's quite a gift to be reminded of our humanity, of our common nature. This thing that has broken down political divisions. I must say I'm not normally a fan of the Conservative government or of our current Prime Minister, but at this time they're doing what can be must be done and they're doing it to the best of their ability and they must be commended for that. Whatever political persuasion we normally are, it doesn't matter in the face of something like this. Whatever nationality we are, it doesn't matter in the face of something like this. And that's important because, of course, as Christians, we believe that actually those things aren't important for first and foremost. Because whoever we are as Christians, whichever political camp, political camp we sit in, whichever nationality we are, whatever football club we support, whatever it might be, whatever divides us, we are made whole and united in Jesus Christ. And that's what's really important at this time, that we hold on to that unity that we have in Jesus, and that we take this gift of having our eyes opened to the world's problems, to our spiritual shortcomings, to those things that we really ought to change in our lives. We have the time and the space to do this now. Such a precious and rare gift. So use it well. Use it well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.